All right, so thank you for joining me again for another episode of Inside the Bunker as we talk about Moon Knight Episode 5. I'm here with Jared again, so thanks again for joining me, Jared. Always happy to be here. As everybody was listening to last week's episode, the ending of that episode was really awesome. I I was a huge fan of it. I know Jared, we were talking about it, huge fan of the whole ending uh, kind of going into uh, Mark's mind and, and him, you know, seeing Steven and then obviously, you know, that whole cliffhanger. This entire episode pretty much focused on that entire scene. Like it was all, you know, inside of this asylum. The mental asylum was kind of like a, a representation of that because that's something that he could visualize, I, I guess is the way she kind of explained it. Um, the hippo mm-hmm. goddess, <laughs> if you will. Power right. But she was awesome. I really like, um, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to like it after the end of the last episode. She's just like, hi, you know, does that little squeaky mm-hmm. little hi. But actually, I kind of liked her character in this. I will say before we get into kind of deep dive conversation about it, Episode five was awesome. I I enjoyed the hell out of it. And and again, and I'm gonna repeat this: if Oscar Isaac doesn't like it, I know he's got nominated for like some awards, but this episode <laughs> kind of proved like I was like, shit, like this guy's freaking awesome. He's killing it. So the first thing I wanted to get into, the very beginning of the episode, I'm pretty sure, and I'm 99% sure that that was Jake Lockley. <laughs> the at the the scene with where he's got the the like nose his nose is all busted up and uh and mm. and um Harrow is talking to him the craziness like I, even watching it before he starts going crazy in that conversation cuz um for those that didn't see the episode or are watching he kind of got into got into it with Harrow and kind of became crazy grabbed the little statue or whatever it was on his um on his desk and I was like that is not Mark's personality and that's not Steven's personality obviously and I got really like he's crazy, like he had like crazy eyes, like like he was like going to lose. And, and just looking at it, I was like, that's that's a totally different acting style than what he when I've seen. I don't know if you picked up on that or not, but I, I was like, it was just kind of very jarring to me. It was very different than the rest of the episode. It did feel very different. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to rewatch the episode to like kind of compare and contrast. But lo- like thinking back on it, it does seem out of character but I'm not sure if it's Jake or not. The personalities tend to, uh, or at least so far, if someone addresses them as the wrong name, they get very confused. And I'm pretty sure he called him Mark in that scene, and he just didn't react any differently than if it was his own name. So that's the only thing that's making me like kind of hesitant to say it is Jake. Uh, I think if we... Uh, who knows if we'll even see him in the last episode at this point. Uh, right. But if we do see him, I think it'll be a very definitive, like, this is him. Like, I don't think there's going to be a question about it. It was weird. The only thing, the, the only reason I kind of went back and, and thought about it, too, was his nose being busted up. It, nowhere mm-hmm. else in the episode is his nose busted up. So they don't ever address that. And also, yeah. there's the scene when he, I, I don't remember if it's when he's, when he's as Mark or if he's as Steven talking to Hero when they, because remember they go back to that room and they both are talking to Hero. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene and I think I think it was Mark and he touches his nose like he's looking like he like he's like why is and where am I kind of like like he didn't mm. know where he was even though he had just been there t- technically in the beginning of the episode. So I, I was like it was yeah. very if you go back and rewatch it it was just a really weird scene for it to be in there and I was like it felt like it was in there for a reason like having him all bloodied mm. up looking crazy and, and different and but they don't ever address it and again like you said with only one more episode i'm like they're kind of at the point now it's like are you gonna address it or not <laughs> you know i, I really yeah. thought this was gonna be the episode that he was gonna be insane in it and i was kind of disappointed by that 
if my memory serves, uh, I, I think that that whole scenario is supposed to be like extremely disjointed, even for Mark, as I think is trying to make him question everything he's seen because he runs out of the room at the end of the episode four. Uh, he finds Steven. Then they bump into Tabaret. Then uh, they, they talk to her for a second. And all of a sudden he's back in the chair talking to Harrow and his nose is buzzed. I, I think the implication is that they roughed him up to get him back into the room. Uh, so that, like, that's why I think it's still Mark. I think that like the things that are happening are specifically to disorient Mark and make him question what is real and what isn't. It, it, it is weird though, because when it flashes back later, his nose isn't broken anymore. Right. Like the bandages are gone. Like, especially when it's Steven's turn, he looks completely fine. I think when it's Mark right before that, he is also fine. Uh, my memory's a little hazy on it. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it, but uh that definitely stood out to me how he went from being all busted up to being totally fine without the bandages so it is an interesting thing to consider yeah there's there's a lot in this episode because i know he also addresses the fact that he's like he's like did you drug me because remember at the beginning and he's like we don't drug people unless they are under extreme Mm. circumstances or something like that so it was very weird and again they might not address it it might just been just kind of a red herring or just an easter egg in there who knows i really i really did like the the visual representation of having the boat and actually going through like the desert and like the afterlife and stuff. I thought that was really well done. It looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I liked, I liked that. This whole episode was uh, great. It was like, a, like I was saying at the beginning, it's, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> like, like seeing the, mm-hmm. you know, him dealing with, you know, the onsets of DID and, and, and his brother, obviously having Randall show up was kind of a cool, you know, little for the comics. I mean, everybody loves Randall. That loves Moon Knight comics, right? <laughs> um, anyways, but um, yeah, it was really an interesting um, take. I, I, I'm kind of, I, I'm a mixed bag as as to I understand why they did it, and and I kind of want your take on this of making his mom the reason, you know, like her basically lashing out for Randall, obviously passing away. She blames Mark for it, and so she's basically you know abusing him. And in the comics, it's not that way at all. You know, that's not the way that. Or at least it wasn't his mom, I should say, because I know they've kind of retconned a few things and kind of moved some stuff around, you know, with it was if I remember correctly, it was like a family friend of his dad or something in the comic. Like, I don't know if it was abused Mark, but I know it was part of wasn't that one of the storylines recently? I can't remember, but yeah, so something's definitely being taken from the more recent runs, not the necessarily current run, but like the two before it. So the imagery of Mark sitting in the uh in Harris' office with, like, the busted nose and stuff and, like, the bandage over his nose, that is definitely taken from the Lemire run uh, because that that is specifically something that happened in it. Even him being, uh, like, sitting at the desk talking to his quote-unquote psychiatrist who is telling him that Moon Knight is, like, a figment of his imagination. And then the stuff with, uh, like, the traumatic childhood, that is definitely all from the Bemis run, which is the last run before the current one in that they they never said like this is the incident that created his did but there there was a another rabbi that his father worked with it was uh rabbi like yintel or something along those lines i just reread it like earlier this week and i already forgot he's he he likes hanging out with him he likes studying torah with him so he uh makes an arrangement to like oh i'm gonna come by this day at seven but then he goes there early and he finds that the guy's not there and he finds a secret, uh, like a trap door 
in a closet and he goes down and he sees that this guy like this trusted family friend another rabbi is torturing someone presumably to death and he reveals that he's actually a nazi who went into hiding in the last place anyone would ever look amongst jewish people and he hides amongst them as a rabbi and he just picks people off whenever he gets an urge to kill one because that's the only thing he that truly brings him joy uh so that was an early like trauma in mark's life that could have contributed to it but they never specifically say like this is why he has did yeah having his mom be i i thought for the show worked well i mean i know as you know comic yeah. fans aren't gonna i mean i've i've seen some mixed reviews as far as like i don't really like the way that was portrayed or whatever his mom's crazy i'm like well she did lose a son and everybody deals with trauma in a different way i mean i'm, I'm yeah you know i mean some people that's it, it's real i mean people do that <laughs> you know so um mm-hmm. i do like there was an easter egg uh that i i like the little crawly reference which was it was funny to me when mark is going i don't know if you remember he was uh walking right when he's kind of accepting that like oh there's a talking hippo uh, we're in an insane yeah. asylum, and he's kind of like, "Oh, I'm going to walk through the store, and I'm going to see Crawley." Right. I don't know if you saw that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. Because and then he walks in, and it's like you know the 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 boat and everything, and they're going through the desert, and he's like, "Oh crap, what's going on?" Um, which I thought mm-hmm. was cool because obviously they have a relationship, and that that kind of confirms that they know who they each other are, you know, and stuff like that. So the let's go. Okay, so the scene with Mark and Stephen, they finally address, which it, again we talked about the last episode was. Um, the, his group, his mercenary group, and showing kind of the aftermath of you know him kill, killing Layla's father, and they they name drop Bushman a couple times, which was uh-huh. a little, which I'm surprised, like you said, that they actually even just brought him up, but um, that kind of confirms, I guess, that they're at least keeping to the original origin, which is kind of cool, and I love the imagery, the imagery of uh, the Kanchu statue and that whole scene. I I, I liked it. I was like, it, it's very menacing. So um, so what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was perfect. Um. They didn't really show, like, the attack on the camp, which is fine. The, honestly, that's not important. We know how it, like, we, all we need to know is that it happens, and then it sets up the scene where Mark makes his way to the temple, and then here's Khonshu, and, you know, they make the deal, and then he becomes Moon Knight. It's handled beautifully. I liked how Mark couldn't see him at first. It was only a voice until he accepted, and then he could see Khonshu. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I like how that's being portrayed. And then the uh, band is just like wrapping around him for the first time for him to become the Moon Knight was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, they finally name dropped Moon Knight. I mean, I know it's the typical like, like, oh, they finally said oh, his yeah. name or whatever. But I was like, OK, that was kind of a cheesy moment, but it was awesome. I I, I enjoyed it. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. they finally mentioned him. <laughs> you know, it's only taken them five episodes. But um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, because they never referred to him as Moon Knight. I mean, so because nobody knows yeah. what his name is or he doesn't call himself that up until this point. But um, mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was really cool. And then, uh, like I said, this this episode jumped around a lot. Like it, it was going from Steven's perspective and him dealing with, you know, trauma that I, I, I do love the the sense that Mark, it, again, is protecting Steven. Like there's like, please don't look through that door. Don't do this. You know, there's a lot of that going on. And, and I really it was almost like a big brother. Like and I said that I think back in episode two when he was proud of Mark, remember proud of Steven for you know, fighting off the jackal, the invisible jackal. And he's like, he's like nice right hook or whatever. And I'm like, they kind of have this brotherly like relationship with each other, which was really, really cool. And then you find out obviously that he created Steven, you know, as a, to, to basically deal with the drama trauma to kind of, you know, shield him from his mother's trauma and stuff like that, which 
again, I was like, God, like they did a great job. I thought of like this episode was depressing. <laughs> like I was like, man, I feel so bad. Yeah. And Oscar Isaac again, man, was killing it with that scene specifically, like with him showing the younger him and and, you know, uh, his mom about to come in and basically beat him with a belt and everything. I was like, just the the acting in that scene and also Steven not accepting it, you know, oh, this is not real. I want to see what's happening. And then Harrow obviously oh. calling his mom on the phone, like, oh, we'll call her and get, and just, I was like, Jesus, this is, he's such a good actor, <laughs> man. He was doing a, yeah. I mean, a great job. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way, but. Yeah. I, I've said it before. Like I was a fan of Oscar Isaac before this, like um, his character in like Ex Machina is fantastic. Uh, he just does a lot of really good character work. And this is really a chance for him to shine through with that, especially because he's, playing more than one character and he's playing off of himself and he does such a good job of giving them distinct mannerisms and personality and a voice that is unique to each version. And it's, it's that it's super believable that this is more than one guy. Like it doesn't seem like one person just talking to himself in a room, even though it is. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that's the hard part too, is you see, a lot, I mean, a lot of actors can't, wouldn't be able to do what, what he's doing, but being able to, feel bad for two different characters like like at, towards the end of the episode obviously um we we lose D steven to the duots you know he falls off the boat during the battle and mm -hmm. we lose him and it was kind of like losing an actual character i mean obviously it's it's another yeah. uh character but it's like i'm sure we'll see steven again in some way but it was just kind of a like you felt bad it's not like he's just losing another part of him it's like oh man i i kind of enjoyed steven i liked i liked his portrayal of him and now he's gone um, and I'm sure yeah. down the road, whether we see him in the next episode, because from what I'm hearing from rumors, it's the shortest episode of the series, which kind of pisses me off. <laughs> that's, that's what they're confirmed. saying. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like 42, 42 minutes or 45 minutes, something like that. And it's the shortest episode. And that sucks uh, to me. Just just putting yeah. it out there. It sucks because there's so much left <laughs> for them to explain. And there's a lot. I mean, because I, I, I mean, I guess we could get into like our thoughts on the next episode. I don't know how I'll be honest. And I've said this about almost every single MCU show going into the final episode is how are they going to tie it all up? I, I just don't see uh -huh. like, I, I, I can look at it in two ways. It's cut. It's 42 minutes is a long amount of time. It's almost half of a movie or, or an hour and a half movie or so. But on that same note, you know, you got to somehow resurrect Mark. You're going to have to uh -huh. uh, get Conchu out of his prison. <laughs> you're going to have to uh -huh. fight hero. And then you're going to have to tie up everything, whatever loose ends you have left over. And it's like, that's a lot yeah. to, to explain. And also like from things that were happening in this last episode, it does seem like they've freed. I'm at, yeah. It seems like she's been freed because while they're going through the duat, there's all of the purple streaks of light. And Tawaret is like, Oh, uh, those are souls who are being sent to the afterlife before they were supposed to be. And they automatically know, like, oh, well, that's Hera's doing. So, what are these? How are they supposed to handle that, too? Yeah, like it, they haven't really found any kind of like weapon that can take her on or anything. So, how? <laughs> yeah, and, and, is it going to be just as simple as? And this is what I hope they don't do. And I have a feeling we kind of are running. I'm kind of disappointed in the fact that they didn't tie up more earlier. Is just having you know, well, Con you know, Mark is is the avatar of Kanchu. Hero is is the Amets. Um, avatar they're just gonna fight it out and then whoever wins uh -huh. that's it but it's like that's gonna really suck if that's how, that's how the final battle goes but i get it i yeah. mean for what they're doing but no overall i mean i i'm enjoying the series uh, it sucks that this is this is it though i mean the next episode is obviously the last one so and they mm. haven't confirmed moon knight being in anything else coming up so i'm sure he will down the road but um 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on the episode. I mean, this was an awesome episode. It's for those that want a whole lot of action, you're not going to get a lot of that. But uh, and, I, and they've said that since the beginning that this show is more about Mark and Steven than it is about Moon Knight. So if you're looking for you know him to be fighting you know bad guys for six episodes and just be superhero mode, you're going to be disappointed. That's not what Moon Knight is, you know, <laughs> at least in this telling of Moon Knight. And I'm okay with that. So, I mean, it was a great origin story. I know everybody's been wanting an origin story for Moon Knight for those that don't know his story. So this was kind of a great, like, you got his backstory, you got him as a kid, you got, you know, his DID when it started, and you kind of got his origin into Moon Knight. So I thought it was a great, like, episode to kind of explain, you know, exposition and everything and get and get going. Yeah, this is, it's been a wild ride from start to finish. It's definitely a little more, like, cerebral than some of the other shows where... You know, they, they've all had a lot more action than this has had, but this, I don't think, needs the action to tell the story that they want to tell. You know, I, I, there's still a lot that we haven't even talked about from this episode, like uh, um, the death of his mom. Like, that whole scene was super intense. You know, they, they got a little uh, an exterior glimpse of it at first where Steven looks through a door and he sees them just standing out on the street and he's like, why do you remember this? Like, what's so special about standing on a street corner? And then you get into the memory and you see that that was when his mom passed away. And then he, like, Mark couldn't even make it to the funeral. He just had so much unresolved feelings that he couldn't handle it. And then he, he says that's where their uh, personalities or their time that they carried the body, like, started bleeding across each other. That was an incredible scene. Oh, with, yeah. With uh, Isaac, like, flipping out in the in the street and then just switching to steven yeah that, Amazing. that yeah that's incredible i love when they do that i love when they do it without the cutaways because it just it just shows mm-hmm. i mean his his eyes you could just tell in his eyes like okay he's steven now you know and it's just it mm-hmm. he doesn't have to say anything and, and that's that's what that's why that scene at the very beginning just to go back it just was so jarring for me because it's like and if you listen to the way he's talking it's almost like he has a different accent than steven or mark in the in the scene it sounded yeah. like a new york almost like more of a new york accent and i'm like Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was just again, and I, like I said, it could could have been just me, but I was just like, man, that's really, really odd placement for that, <laughs> you know, and, and for him yeah. to be that violent, like I'm going to kill you, and and everything was just very weird. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm hoping that they maybe my whole prediction from back in episode one will be true, where Jake Luckley will just show up as a post credit <laughs> like teaser at the end. <laughs> yeah, because that's that was like I maybe, can see it. You know, now now I'm starting to be like, oh, maybe that actually might happen. That might actually be a uh, realistic <laughs> thing because it's been, you know, if, if this episode's as short as they're saying. So, but yeah, what anything else you want to talk about for episode five? Kind of a question for you. Yeah. Because I want, I want your thoughts on it. After Steven falls into the duot and he becomes like taken over by the sand, then the scales finally balance and Mark is allowed to go to the field of reeds. What do you think that means? Why, why like, how do you think the the death of the disappearance of steven like all of a sudden balances the scales i i was thinking about it and the only thing i can put together because i thought they were going to go one of two ways when i was watching the whole scene and christina was watching it with me and she kind of was hinting at this too was i thought that to to balance them jake would have to show up and that would like balance their whole whatever and then obviously that wasn't the case so they went exactly opposite which was killing or getting rid of steven and then um it balanced it goes back to kind of the first episode where Hero's, you know, judging him and he's like, you're, there's chaos on you. And I don't know if it's more yeah. of a, like, your mind is one now, like, just to be able to focus. I don't know. I don't know if that's what they were going with. 
it's an interesting take. I, I kind of, because obviously you see him in the field of reeds at the very end, and that's how the episode ends. So uh -huh. I don't know. I, I didn't really think of it that hard, but it was more of a kind of, I kind of take it as like there, you have two two conflicting personalities just fighting over control. Because obviously throughout the series uh -huh. you've seen where Steven's like, I want to be in control. Mark's like, I put me in control. So it's kind of, that's kind of the take I got. I don't know if you have a different take on that, but. So like it, it's something that could need a little more elaboration, I think, but I, so all, all through that episode, it's Mark coming to terms with his past, you know, like admitting things to Steven and kind of like coming clean. You know, th there's some parts of his, his past and his history. He has no problem with like the, uh, all the people he's killed is Moon Knight. No problem with all of that. He's like, Oh yeah. Cairo, Dubai, uh, whatever. Like he's just naming off the cities where right. he, know, he knows he's taking these people out. But the the traumatic childhood stuff, like that's that's all the stuff that he wants to hide and that he's ashamed of. But as it comes to light, uh, I think he that's also him making peace with it finally. So so I think that was how he balanced his scales. And then maybe Stephen needed to do something to balance his side of the scales. And uh, you they didn't have time or he couldn't do it or I'm not sure what he could have had to do. But you know, his you know, all of a sudden death removes him from the equation and now that mark has balanced his skills it doesn't matter that steven's not balanced oh. okay yeah that's um, an interesting take on it it's probably something unfortunately it's probably not going to be addressed especially if there's so much else yeah they'll probably <laughs> just you know and, and and we'll see i mean i i again and we kind of talked about this at the end of the last episode again i have no idea kind of where they're going with this i mean obviously hero and moon knight are going to have to have a major you know fight at the end the typical mcu you know final scene you know them fighting and i think there's one trailer scene of them actually kind of meeting over a moon like they're fighting they're going at each other in one of the in one of the trailers mm -hmm. so it, that hasn't been shown yet okay. so i'm assuming that's probably from this last episode but so it's obviously going to happen but but yeah no that's pretty much my thoughts on episode five i again i really liked it i thought it was great uh, it was it was all an emotional journey i mean i know a lot of people love this episode i've uh, the tweets from everybody I, I follow have been like, man, this is my favorite one of the series. You know, and it was a lot of, a lot of good scenes, you know, um, the acting's incredible. And also too, just as another Easter egg, just to kind of go back, <laughs> I know, uh, Steven calls hero, you know, Ned Flanders to me though. He kind of oh, yeah. looks like Stan Lee. <laughs> if you look at him, the way he's dressed, uh, yeah. the way he's dressed, he's got the vest on and he's got the glasses and he's got his hair back and he's got the gray. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it kind of looks like Stanley. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but I can see that. Yeah. But again, and Ethan Hawke, man, he's killing it. As, I, he has that calmness of just like you almost believe like he could be a doctor. Like, yeah, you know, but, I mean, they, the whole cast that they got for the show is it, it's all wonderful actors. You mm -hmm. know, I'm Layla. Yeah, she's a newcomer to me. Uh, I don't, I've never seen her or anything else, but I'm definitely interested in seeing like what else she does after this. Uh, but yeah, like the the voice of Kanchu, he's a long established uh, actor and voice actor. Oscar Isaac, he's been blowing up the last eight years or so. Uh, Ethan Hawke's been working since the late '90s, early 2000s, and he's always kills it in his roles. Like they 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 picked a lot of really good talent for this. But yes, we have one more episode. Uh, we will meet again next week. I'm sorry about this episode being a little bit late. Uh, personal stuff going on, so uh, a lot, a lot of work, work crap going on in my personal life. So, but uh, the next episode I plan on, assuming you're available next Wednesday night, we should be yep. okay. So we will talk about the season finale or series finale or whatever you want to call it 
for Moon Knight Episode 6 next Wednesday. So thank you again, Jared, for joining me.